<laughs> Just like a dance. Like, no one can see me. That's okay. But I had a little getting ready to go dance. You were very excited. I, I am very excited. I'm excited about this episode. I'm glad. So let's do it. Let's do it. Welcome to Restless Spirits. Welcome to Restless Spirits. I'm Taylor. I'm Vin. Welcome back. Thank you. To, to you and to the listener. To <laughs> everyone. <laughs> to everyone. The listener. This singular. This is episode six? Yes. Ish? Six-ish. Six-ish, because we have like a bonus, like little happy... Yeah. Happy ha- Halloween. Happy Halloween around. episode. It's funny because we recorded that before Halloween. Yeah. And so it's not Halloween for us yet at all. Mm-hmm. But we know that like when this comes out, mm-hmm. Halloween will be gone. But it was nice to have that sort of building anticipation for it yeah. in, the, in that episode. Yeah. Oh, so. I'm like so ready. Oh, me too. I think I'm going to wear my costume to work. Not um, my, maybe not my like full okay. prom queen of the dead get up. Right. Maybe I'll do like a different costume for work. I'm, that's what I'm doing. I have, yeah. a, I have a work costume and then I have a party costume. You guys, are, your, Halloween is done for you guys. You're just like, we don't. It's yeah. done now. <laughs> and we have, like, oh gosh, we have a parent baby costume thing to do on this weekend. What is so. the parent baby costume? It's, Did you tell me this? I don't know. Did we? No. 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 Yeah. Please it's, tell me. It's through our church. There's like a week, the weekend before Halloween, they're mm-hmm. doing like a whole like, come hang out and do like a potluck. Oh, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. We talked bring, about that. bring your little one. But you didn't tell me what the costume is. Oh, well, it's not, it, it's, I said parent baby, but I didn't mean oh. like we're all coordinating or anything Oh, like okay. It's, sorry. Well, I don't know if my... Whatever, I'm just going to say it. One of my friends at work yeah? is doing like a parent baby costume. Oh, okay. They're dressing their daughter like uh, Queen Elizabeth, the Queen Mother. Okay. And then they're dressing as William and Kate. Oh my goodness. And like going trick-or-treating with her. That would be fun. And I think that's Maybe precious. Maybe not that exact one, but that would be fun. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> 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 I'll dress your son like Queen Elizabeth. Not that I can, not that I like stick to gender constructs. So he could pull it off. He could do it. Yeah. He could. Why not? I'm not going to hold him back. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think he'd like the wig. No. Probably not. It's not a hat kid. Not a hat kid. No. I wasn't a hat kid either. Yeah. Mm. How's your week been? Cold and rainy here? Yes. Yeah, so just it's been of, miserable. Yeah, just blech. So this is a highlight of my week. So I'm excited to put down another episode and yeah. have a drink. Yeah. Hmm? Me too. Good. I'm how, excited. How has your week been equally bleh? Or it's been yes. The weather has not been kind to me. I I'm sorry. I think that's the reason I had I was telling you I had a headache. Right. That like took over my entire head. It's unfortunate. It was really bad. Yeah. And I was just like, it's a mac and cheese night. Mm. I like got in my pajamas right when I got home, made my mac and cheese, and like fell asleep. Just maximum comfy. Max. Mm. Like mac and cheese. Mac and cheese. There you go. Yeah. Mm. Um, No, it was, yeah, it was like total comfort tailor. Max and cheese. Max and cheese. Yeah. No, and then... Once I once I went to bed and woke up, I've been fine today. Oh, good. I think it was like the pressure and the the change of the weather and the right. air pressure and I think you were so excited to come record another episode. That it just cleared everything away. It did. Cleared all the cobwebs. It did. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, no, other than that, my week has been fine. It's oh. I'm I'm heading into a long week oh. because I'm not working. I have like Monday through Friday this week. I have Saturday off, but then I'm working Sunday through Friday Boo. of the next week. So, yeah. schedules are changing, but just like for one week. So, I can live. Oh, good. 
But enough about me. Let's talk about what we're covering this week. Where are we going this week? We are in Charleston, South Carolina. Lovely. And this is the first city we've done that I have not actually been to. Right. I've not been there either. This is new for both of us. It's new territory. Yeah. Which is kind of exciting. It is. I think so. Yeah. There's going to be, I mean, there's going to be a lot of these going forward that we've not <laughs> that been. we don't know anything. So this is hardly going to be an exception to the rule. Yeah. Okay. You're handling history this week. I am. I this am. is, we've decided that the, you're the history major, so you got to take it over. Yeah, I've got a degree stashed somewhere. I've got a degree in spook. In spook. <laughs> yes. I like, yeah, instead of like an <laughs> actual like being taken to it's just a ghost. It's just, it's just a ghost. Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Boo. This, you don't have to hang on the wall, it just floats there. It just floats. It yes. hangs on its own. Well, that's convenient. It's good for the walls, too, because yeah. I rent, yeah. so yeah. it's helpful. That's nice. Yeah. So, Charleston, mm-hmm. South Carolina, founded in 1670. Okay. It was originally called Charlestown. I assume after Charles I. Yes. Yeah. It was the first fully planned city in the colonies, mm-hmm. complete with you know governance, settlement, and a plan to further develop called the Grand Model, mm-hmm. which was drawn up by John Locke. So, that is so cool. It is. I think that's like I... You hear about John Locke, and you, like, hear about, like, because he was, he was the life, liberty, and property was his deal. Yes, it was. And, like, you don't actually think about him being a real person and, like, being alive at the same time as the colonists, but he was. Yeah. He was, like, a real dude. And they were like, hey, can you draw this up? And he was like, yeah, sure. Sure, sure. Sat down, just drew out a whole city. Yeah. Whole way, new way of living. Here you go. Yeah. How nice of him. Very kind. Mm. However... Carolina's fundamental constitution, at this point, Carolina's being both states right, together, right. not yet separated into north and south, was never ratified, so it was never fully enacted. That's a real bummer. You know, it's very unfortunate. <laughs> it really, really sucks. So the city became fully incorporated after the Revolutionary War in 1783. Mm-hmm. was changed from Charlestown to Charleston. Okay. So that's... Important distinction. Absolutely. Yeah. It was but the... Th- I think that's interesting because they were like, let's not fully get rid of the whole royal thing. Let's keep, like, a hint of royal. Well, they, they probably changed a lot of road signs. Oh, that's true. Yeah, they probably <laughs> etched it into things, and they're not going to go back Absolutely. To better to just take out the W and somehow problem solve. <laughs> that solved. makes it better. And they put it together, because Charlestown yeah. was, like, two words. Two words. And they are like, smush it together, take out that W. Yeah. We're a new city, baby. A lot of these okay. are put in those little printing machines. Yeah. It goes. It was the seat of the Provincial Congress in 1775 that created the state of South Carolina and was regarded as the South's senior city before the Civil War. Okay. So they led the, they led the fight for states' rights. Okay, but can we talk about how states' rights is just like a fancy way of saying, like, we want slaves. slaves. Yeah. 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 And <laughs> we'll get around to that a little bit later, <laughs> yeah. sadly, unfortunately. Um, the capture of Fort Sumter in Charleston Harbor by mm-hmm. the Confederate forces began the Civil War. And, you know, again, slavery, negative history with Charleston. With a lot of these cities, we're going to do the South, unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. The South is all slavery, really. Yeah. yeah it's not great. Because even Reconstruction is like whiffs of slavery. I mean, Reconstruction, like, Jim Crow. Yeah. It you know, never goes away. No, no. So. Moving on to present day, Charleston is the current financial commercial center of South Carolina. And a fun fact, 
the Charleston Museum, which was founded in 1773, is the oldest still operating museum in the U.S. That's really cool. Yeah. I didn't know that. I, I had kind of assumed I it would be like either. William Mary or something would have a museum, but... That's really cool. Yeah. I love that. It's a neat fact. Now, honestly, I know Charleston more as like a place for like food and drink and not quite a party town, like not like New Orleans level, no, but no, no, still no. a place to go for good food, good drink. Yeah. A lot of low country cooking. I, so I texted you when we were texting about this, yes. I was like, every summer my uncle mm-hmm. does a big low country boil. Right. And he does like, you know, you get like mountains and mountains and mountains of Old Bay. Right. You boil it with like potato, red potatoes, mm. corn on the cob. Um, he does shrimp and andouille sausage. Right. And oh, holy moly. It sounds amazing. Well, I don't like shrimp, but I eat everything else in that bowl. Because they're all still delicious. Everything else. Yeah, mm. I don't eat the shrimp, but I, but I, oh man, the andouille. More shrimp for me. More shrimp for the people who like. Exactly. exactly. More shrimp for you. So you're performing a service. Thank yes. You. You're welcome. <laughs> you're welcome. So some of you may not know what the low country is. It's the coastal region of South Carolina, and it ends at the Georgia state line, which is also where the Savannah River kind of separates the two states. So, did we? Go sorry, ahead. go ahead. No, I don't I, want to interrupt you. you. No, please interrupt. But I was. Did did we? Are we going to talk about the Gullah culture? Because like, was, oh okay. Yeah, I, I didn't have much to say about the Gullah okay. culture, other than you know, the Gullah culture is sort of, uh, it's. A, Heavily African American, you know, yeah. culture from Africa, from West Africa, from like the Senegal area, from what I remember. Yeah, I want to oh. say, and and please, 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 if we're wrong about this, write in and let us know. Yes, because yes. like I, my understanding of it, and I'm sorry, I'm you know I'm sorry and I'm not sorry about this. Sorry, not sorry. Oh boy. Hashtag is that most of my understanding of Gullah culture comes from the show Gullah Gullah Island. I think that's fair of a lot of people. It's not a, one of those cultures that gets a lot of visibility no. outside of the occasional kind and of I, PBS documentary. I want to say they were like escaped slaves who like yeah. created their own culture. Yeah. And I think that that is really overlooked and really interesting and for sure really cool. Yeah. And it, it's, it's really interesting how they kind of, if they were, you know, being escaped slaves still picked up and had enough of their traditional African culture and traditions and then blended them with sort of, sort of a lot of Native American traditions, mm-hmm. and then of course some American Southern traditions, and it's it's very unlike any other culture in the U.S. Yeah, I was going to bring out mention that the food has a lot of parallels to like Creole or Cajun mm-hmm. cuisine, and that you know heavily spiced, a lot of things like okra you can find between the two cultures. Again, okra is so good. It is heavy, you know, from Africa, slave influence. Yeah, you know, from both cultures. But there's no. It's not like you can point to like the Cajun people and go. I mean, Cajun people are not. They're for French origin, not. Yeah. Not African. Yeah, I mean, there's a whole. I mean, mm-hmm. we'll. I think we we have plans for New Orleans. We do. And we can talk more about this, but like, Cajun and Creole cultures are very different they and are. very interesting. Mm-hmm. And then this Gullah culture is similar in the way that like, it was a blending of yeah. of different cultures and. Ended up being really cool. Yeah, I mean, they're still around in small numbers, unfortunately. Yeah. It has not grown at all. It's I shrinking. I want to say Anthony Bourdain did an episode yes, he did. where he went to the Low Country mm-hmm. and and had gullah like gullah food. Yes, I want to say. Yep, I remember it. Um, 
And then I remember Gullah Gullah Island, which yeah. like how cool that that was on TV when we were kids. Yeah. Like what a cool show to have where like, mm-hmm. it was way to go Nickelodeon. <laughs> way to go is yeah. all I have to say about that. Cause there's like nothing like that now. No, I don't really think there is. Kind oh. of a shame. And that was like my favorite show when I was a it kid. It was great. Remember the, the frog? Is there a big frog that And he would go, yeah, and he would go, Gala Gala. Oh, would he really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh. <laughs> I think there are episodes on YouTube. Oh, goodness. Like, what a fantastic show it was. Like, I'm not, I'm not exaggerating. No, like, I, This I, was a cool show for kids to watch. It was. Bring mm. it back. Nickelodeon. <laughs> if you're listening, bring it back. It's time for a revival. Everything else is getting rebooted. Yes. It's rebooted. One, one more thing. Stuff. Come on. Just do it. But again, ugh, back to the, back it's to slavery. Yeah. Charleston it drew a lot of its wealth from the rice crop. Mm-hmm. South Carolina was a big rice growing culture up until the Civil War. Uh, after the Civil War, when slavery was abolished, it kind of dissolved slowly, lasted until, until about the early 20th century. It's when the last kind of rice crop in South Carolina was harvested for a while. Rice is a very labor-intensive crop. Yeah. So folks nowadays are bringing it back in small quantities. Groups like the Southern Foodways Alliance and the Carolina Gold Rice Foundation have brought Carolina Gold Rice back to prominence. But if, you know, if slavery, unfortunately, had kept going, you know, <laughs> we would not be drinking the drink we'd be drinking right now. We'd be drinking something like rice wine. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, because it was getting to that. It was getting to like just huge sort of. This is what we are. We are yeah. rice people. I didn't really know rice. I mm-hmm. I don't know why. Further south, I thought that there was like sugar. Sure, I mean there was there was sugar grown. Yeah, mm-hmm. but it's interesting that rice was like the cash crop. Yes, there. Though it it was interesting because it never quite. There's no real mechanical way. To, I mean, then now of course there is, but there was no yeah. mechanized rice growth, rice yeah. harvesting, I should say. There's Until, no, like, cotton gin. They're, like... No, not for rice. Yeah. It's a lot of... You plant baby rice over here, move it by hand to another patty yeah. to grow fully. So it's very, very labor-intensive. Took ages and ages to grow. So it was hugely expensive. Yeah. And marshy, coastal Carolina was a perfect place to grow it. Yeah. I wish that I've been more places in South Carolina. I've only driven through it. I've never I've, properly stopped. I've been to Myrtle Beach. Gotcha. And I've been to Columbia, mm-hmm. but I've never been to Charleston, and I would really like to go. I would too. It seems like a very cool city. I think that, like, despite it's slightly, unco- but I mean, I think that's sort of the the beast of dealing with the South yeah. is that like there are all of these really cool cultures and all of this really cool blending of cultures, right? And great food, you know. Any place you go in the mm. South is, I think, a very vibrant culture. Right. Because of that blending. Mm-hmm. But then you also have this, like, unfortunate thing of, like, we have to tangle with the history of our country, which is, was for a long time a culture of slavery. Right. Well, it's one of those things where you, you've got to either, there's a fear of, hey, we'll all come in, we'll gentrify this old city and make it beautiful again and make it mostly white. <laughs> Yeah. So if you so if you don't confront why that's happening in the first place and acknowledge the cultures that you're taking from, what's the point? Yeah. Go, you know, you're destroying what you claim to love. Yeah, I would agree with that. Mm-hmm. I would agree with you about that. So should we have a drink? 
Yeah, I think we need one now. I think we need to to bring it back. This was a downer of a beginning. <laughs> I'm so, maybe Taylor should do the history. <laughs> <laughs> it's cool. I've got some cool stories coming up. Okay. So we can, but tell me this. We were talking, and this is one of my favorite drinks that you've made. I'm glad thus far. It is beautiful to look at. It smells amazing. It tastes amazing. You found my new favorite liqueur. <laughs> You threw this drink. Excellent. Um, please tell the please tell the fine people what you've made. Sure. And and the history behind it. Yep, it's the Charleston Fizz, and there are a couple drinks that I found called the Charleston Fizz. I picked this one because I liked what was in it. It's a fairly new drink. It was inspired by the sodas at the Cannonboro Beverage Company. They're just a new newish soda company in Charleston. Founded in 2011, 2012, I think. Okay. And they make a, a lovely grapefruit soda, apparently. Okay. And so cool. this is kind of based off of that grapefruit flavor. So it's got tarragon, gin, elderflower liqueur, which I'm is... I'm just in love with. Apparently, which is your new favorite. I, like, absolutely. Good. It's so good. <laughs> Ruby red grapefruit juice, simple syrup, and club soda. So to make a Charleston fizz... You're going to muddle some tarragon in a cocktail shaker. So I don't remember if we've mentioned muddlers before, but they're basically kind of big dowel rods almost that you kind of lightly smush herbs or aromatics. Don't beat the hell out of them. Don't pulverize them, but just enough to get the the essential oils and the scents out. Uh, Stuff your cocktail shaker with ice and then add two ounces of gin, three ounces of ruby red grapefruit juice, I like the ruby red because it's a little sweeter. Mm-hmm. Works well with the elderflower that way. Lovely color. It's beautiful color. Yes. I fact, I had to find mine in the back of the grocery store in like the fresh uses section. The shelf-stable ones are no good. Don't buy those. Because okay. they're always ruby red cocktails. And no, yeah. you don't want that. No, thank you. Nope. Add a half ounce of elderflower liqueur. We used St. Germain, which is, I think, a French elderflower liqueur. It's delicious. I'm going to just buy a whole bottle. Yeah. I want to be that eccentric old lady Mm -hmm. who, like, they're like, what is Taylor drinking? And it's like, oh, she's drinking her elderflower liqueur. Like, why am I Southern? I don't know. It's okay. But it's Charleston. I mean, it tastes, I mean, obviously of flowers. It tastes of honey. Mm -hmm. Tastes warm. Imagine a mouthful of spring. Yeah. the only way I can think of to really describe it. And it's like bright. There's a yeah. real brightness to it that is just it was surprising. Yeah. I was I was charmed which, by this drink. Which is which sounds very southern, which I kind of love. It does. Yeah. yeah, no. This is mm-hmm. That's exactly how I would describe. It was charming. That's great. Yeah. So you take your elderflower core, half an ounce, an ounce of simple syrup. Top off your shaker, shake like hell, strain into a tall Collins glass filled with ice, top of a little club soda, stir slightly because I found it tended to separate. Yeah. And then start garnish with another sprig of tarragon and, and you're good to go. Sit on your porch, sip slowly and Yeah. Watch the sunset, I guess. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Well, I was telling you that like there was something really South Carolina y about this drink mm-hmm. because it's kind of a beautiful pastel color. Sure. It's kind of this like orangey, corally, peachy color. Right. And you put the sprig of tarragon in there, it almost looks like a palm leaf sure. or something. Right. And I think, I mean, it's on their 
state flag. It is. So they're very yeah. well known for their right. palm trees there. Right. Um, the palmettos. The I palmetto. That's, yeah. yeah. A palmetto tree. And um, yeah, it was just really delightful to 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 sip and to look at and yeah. Well, I was pleasantly surprised. You know, when you think about it, though, you know, gin is a kind of an herbally, kind of pine creamy thing, mm-hmm. thing going. The, obviously, the spring sort of flowery taste of the elderflower, pepperiness of tarragon. It all like really works it together. Really works pretty well. well. And it's that thing too of like you use these fresh ingredients, mm-hmm. kind of that. I mean, we talk about it like the methodology of the cocktail, right? And how it all comes together. And sure. I think that this is a really good example of that. I, I agree. I like the idea that, you know, it shouldn't be overly sweet. It should be kind of as clean tasting as possible. Yeah. It shouldn't be too complicated. Yeah. And everything works together. Yeah. And uh, it's... Drink this one. Yes. Drink all of them. Yeah. But, like, definitely make yourself one of these because it's fantastic. It's one of our favorites. And even though it's rainy and miserable, miserable in October... We have, like, a little taste of sunshine. Yeah. It's still... Yeah. Yeah. Makes me feel happy. Me too. Ooh. So we, we, we brought it back up. Yeah, there we go. Should I talk about dead people now? Yes, please. <laughs> we the, bring it up and then I bring you to the spooky stuff. We got I'm bringing it back down. That's just continuing the, the pleasant. Yeah. Yeah. That's true. Yeah. I have three stories for you tonight. Bring it on. And they're both, they're all three kind of shorter. Okay. Because, I mean, I've done some doozies. That's okay. Um, so I think these are a little shorter. I think the listeners would love a doozy. I'll give you a doozy at some point, I'm sure. I'm, I know you will. So the first thing I want to talk about is the angel oak. Okay. It is this... First of all, take a moment. I'm going to do it for Ven, but y'all take a moment to, like, Google this. Okay. Because it's the coolest thing I've ever seen. It's this huge oak tree... Um, it's a southern live oak, which I'll get to. Okay. Um, because it's a coastal area, it's a low-lying thing. It's not like... I have seen pictures of this tree without knowing what it was. Yeah. Or knowing that it was of a specific, uh, had a specific distinction or anything. Yeah. I mean, it's yes. amazing. It's a beautiful tree. Um, so, like I said, it's a southern live... It- First of all, it is said to be the oldest living thing east of the Mississippi River. Interesting. And historians say it could be anywhere from 400 years old to 1,400 years old. Wow. So it's a it's an old tree. It's an old tree. It's an old tree. Um, it's a southern live oak, which... So if you go... I mean, I think that this is true. I've noticed in my travels... <laughs> Yeah. As expansive as they've been. They travel over here. Um, No, not really. But, like, even if you go, like, to North Carolina and you're in the Outer Banks, trees there tend to grow out instead of up. Hurricanes. It's hurricanes. Just the fact that it's in low-lying coastal ground, there's not really a whole lot of place for them to take root um, in the way that a taller tree could. So they go wide. So they go wide. Mm -hmm. So this tree only stands about 65 feet tall, which is still... Significant. It's significant. But it, it really grew outward. Its branches cover nearly 17,000 square feet. Wow. And they say the trunk is about 25 feet in diameter. Dang, okay. It's a big tree. That's a big tree. It's called the Angel Oak mm-hmm. because the family that owned the land were the Angel family. Okay. There's nothing... I wish that there was like a cooler... Nothing supernatural about... But there is some supernatural stuff okay. coming up, I promise. So the legend is 
I'm going to bring it back down. I'm sorry. But kind of going back to what we were talking about. Oh, boy. This tree was a hanging tree. Gotcha. And so residents there say that you see the spirits of slaves hanging from the... You can see them hanging from the tree. You can see them standing around the tree. The area was also home to to Native Americans before before we came on in. Kicked them all out. Um, And it said that under the tree you have slaves buried, slaves who fell off the tree, and also Native Americans who were buried there. That's kind of the most that I've heard is really that, like, this was a hanging tree. Right. That's kind of the most, and, like, these spirits can be seen around the tree. There was one story... Mm -hmm. That I did read that was a couple who got married under the tree came back sometime after they got married. I don't know if it was like their first anniversary or whatever. And the husband was like, I'm going to take out a knife and I'm going to carve my, our initials and a heart into this tree. Like dumb tourists do. As they do. Sure. Why not? And he like got out the knife and the wife said she started to hear all of these noises. Okay. Around the tree. And she was like, hey, like, maybe don't. And he was like, babe, it's fine. So she had some foxes in the woods. Go on. Um, (laughs) And then she said when he started to carve, a face appeared before them that looked demon-like or devil-like. And it was on fire. And they were like, maybe we should run. How soon after they got married did they go to this tree? I don't know. I'm I'm thinking, like, post-reception... They're still riding a lot of alcohol. I, I don't know. I don't know. I don't have any answers. I'm telling flaming you, this one tree. story I heard. Of a flaming face. The tree wasn't flaming. True. True. That'd be a much sadder ending to the that story. That would be worse. Yeah. And you put me in a bind here, because if I start making fun or questioning the whole slaves of hung, <laughs> you know, spirits of hung slaves, I look like a dick. <laughs> so, yeah, this is one you can't argue I with I really me can't, because, <laughs> yeah, thanks. Thanks for that. <laughs> So that's all I have on the Angel Oak, but I thought that that was still a worthy story to tell. Do people visit it looking for spirits or anything now nowadays? You know, I, I I mean I think ghost hunters go there. I, it's definitely one of the most visited trees. I think it, they said it got right. like over forty thousand visitors a year. Okay. Um, but I think most people go just to see this like gorgeous, beautiful, beautiful piece of nature. Sure. Which actually brings me to our second story. Okay. Which is the Unitarian Church Cemetery. Okay. It was built in 1772. Or the church was built in 1772. It's the oldest Unitarian Universalist church in the South. And it's the second oldest church in Charleston. Okay. It was initially... It wasn't initially constructed by the Unitarians. I was going to ask. Okay. Yeah. It was initially built by the Society of Dissenters. Oh, they sound fun. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, God. They're now known as the Circular Congregation Church, which I've never heard of. I've never heard of it either. The CCCs. I don't know. That doesn't sound terribly popular. I mean, if if you're a member, I'm sorry. Yeah. Sorry, guys. It wasn't until 1939 that the... Um, church was rechartered as a Unitarian Universalist church. Okay, gotcha. Uh, and since then, the church has gone through a lot of different renovations. Um, but in 1852, it was remodeled and enlarged, and it was kind of remodeled in that Gothic Revival style. Okay. So it has this beautiful steeple. Again, guys, look up these buildings because they are really cool looking. You talk amongst yourselves. We're going to do, do, do. Um, 
it seems like an interesting choice for Unitarians to go Gothic Revival. You think something a little more open and sort of welcome in would be yeah. more their style. I'll show it to you, though. It's really beautiful. Oh, I, I, I love that style. I'm just surprised. It's a really cool-looking church. That is beautiful. Yeah. And again, you mentioned earlier kind of pastel colors for Charleston. And mm-hmm. this, this church is a kind of a yellowish gold almost color. Yeah, and like the inside, too, has yeah. golds and like pale blues. Much and... more open and vibrant than a typical Gothic church. Yeah. It's really gorgeous. It's the same color as your drink, really. It really I mean, that's what I'm telling you. Yeah. It really made me think right. of the pictures I'd seen of Charleston. Sure. The the church itself has a unique look. Yes. But the church um the excuse me, the cemetery mm-hmm. also has like a really unique look to it. Okay. So the pictures I saw and the way it was kind of described is that the pathways are very well kept. But the stones are sort of the 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 woods and stuff around it are very like overgrown and kind of unkempt and it's this idea of reconnecting back to nature okay so they let sort of everything kind of grow over the stones right i feel like i keep having to show pictures we're i'm really sorry this is we will post some pictures pictures. (laughs) just so that y'all can follow along and see where we're going with this we're sorry everyone i just vin hasn't like he's not doing the like research with me no no i'm being surprised with this stuff so i mean but like you look and it's yeah. like overcut it's like ivy everywhere and the stones kind mm. of look like they're on top of each other right. and you would think this was an abandoned cemetery by yeah. the look of the but it's i think that's, i think that's kind of what makes it so mm. unique and also so i think spooky sure there's a little bit of spookiness to that of like that. let nature run wild. Right. Like we're not con- we're not containing any of the it. Idea of the idea, sort of impermanence of what we of what we build. Let nature yeah. kind of come through and conquer all. Yeah, which I kind of love. It's kind of a deep thought. It is. Yeah, this is a deep episode. Yeah. Charleston. Nothing we build deep. lasts forever. Nature claims it all. Us all. <laughs> it does. So here's the most famous story from the Unitarian Church Cemetery. Okay. And it's of a love, a little old lady. I don't know. She's not little and old. She died young. Her name was Anna Ravenel. And she was very tall. She may have been. I don't know. Yeah. I didn't ever meet her. Yeah, me neither. So it's said that Anna fell in love with a young soldier who was stationed at Fort Moultrie. Okay. But her father. So, like Confederate Union. Like when was this in? This was like like 1800s. Okay. This is probably before the Civil War, okay. but only just. Okay. I'm not sure what okay. side this guy fought on, actually. Okay. This is, I think, while America is still America. So, I mean, okay. so before probably Civil just a War, so old, just a regular old soldier. Right. Stationed at Fort, Mul- Fort Moultrie. Okay. And his fa- Anna's father did not approve of the relationship. But Anna and this young soldier were like, fuck that. Scandal. And they would sneak out, to, excuse me, to see one another. She would leave Shocking in the middle of the night. Right I know, I know. I bet her ankles were showing too. Oh, Holy dear. smokes. And they would go out and see one another, and they carried on this love affair. Right. And Anna's father found out. And he was like, dude, I told you no. Right. So, would he, he's a very rich, powerful dude. Mm hmm. And he arranges for the soldier to be restationed to Baltimore. Okay. So he has to leave Charleston. 
And Anna was devastated. Understood. The legend goes that she was heartbroken and that led Ooh. to her being, you know, her heart was so broken it led to this illness. But, like, Ooh. it's the 1800s. So my guess is that, like, she actually had some kind of illness. Cause, yeah. Because, like, 1800s medicine, not so great. Right. You're not buying the broken heart syndrome? Yeah. No. I feel like she had, like, consumption or something. Because <laughs> it's always consumption. Yeah, yeah, it is. Consumption. <laughs> Some weird TB, something yeah. very 19th yeah. or 1830s. So this young sailor hears that she's fallen ill. Right. And he rushes back to South Carolina, rushes back to Charleston. But she's already dead oh. by the time he gets there. Mm. And you think that would be enough for Anna's father. Right. But no. He's like, you can't even come to her funeral. I don't want you anywhere near her. She's dead. So... He's not allowed to join the funeral. Right. Go to the funeral. Then his father, then Anna's father, not mm. his father. I don't know about his father. We don't know about Her him. father took it a step further. Okay. And he had six graves buried, uh, dug up and filled with her body in one of them. Oh, good God. And he did not put a tombstone. So she has an unmarked grave. So this so, guy's a maniac. Yeah. So that the the soldier could never find... Where Anna was buried. That's disgusting. Yeah. It's said that now Anna's seen walking around right. the cemetery. And she's often looks like she's looking for something. Maybe it's her lost soldier. Maybe it's her fucking grave. Right. Because she doesn't even know. Jesus. See, you've got me all turned around this week. First, I can't do anything with the hanging tree because, God, I will incur everyone's wrath. And now I'm rooting for the ghost. Yeah. So, yeah. thanks, Taylor. Well, do you want to hear something else that's really cool? Sure. Do you know who that love struck soldier was? Who? Edgar Allan Poe. Of course it was. She, Anna, is the uh-huh. inspiration for the Annabelle Lee. Oh, is it? Yeah. Is she? I can't wait to hear about a story about a bird in two weeks that's the inspiration for the raven. <laughs> Great. <laughs> I'm sure I'll get it. I'm sure No, but this will. is true. Like, he yeah. was a soldier. He yeah. was stationed in Fort Moultrie. He was relocated to Baltimore. Sure. They were like, you don't really have what it takes. He drank too much. He Mm. smoked too much. He was a bit of a rabble rouser. Right. Um, Bit maudlin, I'm sure, too. No doubt. I'm (laughs) Um, sure. And, yeah. So he got discharged from the army, became a poet, and wrote about this. And but before that, yeah. he wrote about this great love yeah. that he had, and he also married his thirteen-year-old cousin. Yeah, again, you're doing fine, doing fine. You ended on a hell of a downer there. <laughs> but Edgar Allan Poe is a cool tie into Richmond. Yes, yes. Th- this is where he grew up. Yes, and we have the Edgar Allan Poe Museum, which we've talked about. And so, so I'm just leaving breadcrumbs to when I eventually do Edgar Allan Poe. Just a whole Poe episode. Yeah, why not? Yeah, sure. We could do it with Baltimore, too. We really good. There's one other grave, um, famous spirit that's seen in this um, cemetery. Mm-hmm. And she is a woman in white. Okay. You gotta have one. Of course. Everyone's got a woman in white. If she was in black, you'd never know she was there. No, there are women in black, too. Are there? There are women in black, women in red, mm-hmm. women in white. Women in white tend to be yeah. like a really common right. figure that's seen. Two ideas about who this person can be. Okay. One I believe more than the other. Okay. So this is the one I'm not like. Okay. So the 
some people think that is a woman named Lavinia Fisher. Ooh, Lavinia. The first female serial killer in the United States. Lovely. Yes. She and her husband owned a hotel in Charleston. Mm -hmm. They would lure guests in, fix them dinner, fix them a drink. Right. Lavinia would slip a little something something into the drink. The poor guest would fall unconscious. She'd get to killing. Well, they'd steal all the stuff. Yeah, as you do. And then... She slit their throats. Okay. Yeah. And she was hung. She and her husband both mm-hmm. were arrested, mm-hmm. put on trial. This does seem more like one of those crimes where, like, you could have thought this through a little better than everyone shows up here and they die. Yeah. Yeah. Come on, Lavinia. Come on, Lavinia. Be smarter. But she was hanged. Um, I don't know why people think it's her. She's not buried right. in the cemetery. Not that I know of that she attended the church or anything like that. She going on looking for more people to kill? Maybe. Just with a a drink in her hand, just going. Yeah. Need. Excuse me. I'd love to. I'd love to slit someone's throat. Right. Who wants to volunteer? (laughs) And they're all like, "Lady, we're already dead. Could you just just go? Like we're all just trying to chill." Mm -hmm. And Anna, poor Anna's like, "Where's Edgar Allan Poe?" Weeping. Yeah. Because she knows that his name is Edgar (laughs) Allan Poe. She has the whole name every time. Yeah. Never just Ed. Never. Never. Where's Edgar Allan Poe? Right. He wrote a whole poem about me. Poor Anna. Poor Anna. I do feel mm-hmm. really bad for Anna and mm-hmm. her, like, she had a psychotic father. Yes. The other ghost is said to be that of Mary Whitridge. Okay. Um, Mary lived in town with her husband, who unfortunately was a really heavy smoker. And he oh. suffered from breathing problems. Mm-hmm. So he was sent. Once again, to Baltimore. I don't know what's in Baltimore. This weird Baltimore-Charleston connection. I know. <laughs> I guess there were better doctors in Baltimore. I, I guess, guess at that point, was John was Johns Hopkins like a thing? I don't know what year it was started. That's, we'll have to look yeah. that up. We'll have to look that up. Mm-hmm. Now, her husband never actually made it to Baltimore because he got sick on the ship and died. Okay. And poor Mary never found out. Not because she wasn't sent a letter, mm. but because the same day that her husband died, mm. she also died. Fishy. So she was never able to get in contact with the coroner to have the body sent back to Charleston. Yeah. So she's buried. she was busy being dead. She was busy being dead. Mm. So she's buried at the Unitarian Church Cemetery okay. in her family plot. Mm. And it's said that maybe she's the lady in white. Looking around. Looking for around for her husband. You'd think they'd have like some sort of service in the afterlife. Of... Like Anna could be like, excuse me. Yeah. Excuse me. I'm looking for an Edgar Allan Poe. And right. they're like, oh, come right this way. Right. And then live it. She went kind of Jersey there with Anna. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I, don't know why I, d- I don't know why I did that. She's clearly from the South. Right. She'd be like, excuse me. I've <laughs> lost my love. Yeah. That's could the... you please help me? Right. His name is Edgar Allan Poe. He's lying in that ditch over there I'm talking like, to a bird. Uh... <laughs> He's that one. I like the I like the poem Annabelle. It's Lee a good poem. Better than the Raven. There. I'm gonna say it. I'm Fair. gonna put it out there. Mm. Also in Richmond, I don't know if we did we talk about this in the Richmond episode. There is a boat that you can take. We did not talk. There's about a this. there's a James River cruise called mm. the Annabelle Lee. Yes, there is. And I got scared shitless on it when I was a kid. Really? There was so. Little baby Taylor mm-hmm. loved Elvis. Like, I still like Elvis, okay. But, right. like, when I was a kid, 
You were all in. I loved Elvis. Okay. And my there was an Elvis impersonator on the ship. <laughs> and my mother thought, like, this will make Taylor the happiest person in the world uh-huh. if we have the Elvis come and sing to her. Right. So they, like, stopped him. Uh-huh. And they were like, listen, like, our little girl, uh-huh. we're with her today. She, and I'm guessing it was my mom and my aunt because they would cook. And I think my granny, too. Uh-huh. They would cook up this kind of plot. Right. Like, let's go talk to him. Uh-huh. Have him, like, come to her and serenade her, and she'll be thrilled right. that Elvis is singing to her. Mm. I did not have that reaction. <laughs> oh, no. I just screamed bloody murder, started crying, ran away. I mean, a dead man was singing to Right. Her. I was terrified. Right. Um, I think it goes back to, like, my fear of clowns and my fear of, like, people in mascots mascot costume. Was he like the full spangly? Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And I I think it just was too much for my little right. self and I just lost my <laughs> lost my damn mind. Mm-hmm. And then like later he came to me. I remember them like sitting me down and he was like, I'm so sorry. Like I didn't mean to scare you. Right. I'm not really Elvis. <laughs> and I was like just had a long day. Right. So that's the Unitarian Church <laughs> Cemetery. <laughs> That's all I've got for that. Yeah, we'll send we'll send it on that. Perfect. No, I have. I'm ending on a real. Oh, and the Unitarian. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> We're ending the Unitarian there. I've got one more story for you. Let's hear it. And I think if you know anything about me, yeah, it's that I cannot resist a pirate story. Yeah, that's true. I can't do it, hmm? especially a lady pirate. Let's hear about her. All right. So first, I'm gonna tell you a little about this. It's the Powder Magazine. Mm-hmm. It was built in 1713. And during the Revolutionary War, right. it stored gunpowder. As you and would. What else would it store? I don't know. Talcum powder. Maybe. Yeah. But it didn't. Okay. It's built in kind of a like... It was built in anticipation of an explosion. Okay. So like there are not very many doors. Right. There's like one door in. Um, the roof is designed to sort of funnel out any fire or smoke. Okay. That would come from an explosion. Sure. So that's just to give you an idea of kind of what this was. Mm-hmm. After the Revolutionary War, it was no longer used mm-hmm. to store gunpowder. It was then just used as like a storage building. Right. Just in the city. Okay. There, it doesn't have that exciting of a history. That's okay. That's not the exciting part. Mm-hmm. The exciting part comes with a little lady. I don't know why I keep saying these people are little. I don't know. I don't know what I'm Again, doing. she could have been enormous. She, she may have been. Mm-hmm. Her name is Anne Bonnie. Have you heard about Anne Bonnie? The name sounds familiar, but I'm going to just tell me as if it's completely okay. fresh. Okay. So Anne Bonnie was born in Ireland okay. as the illegitimate child of a rich lawyer by the name of William Cormick. Okay. And his wife, uh, no, sorry, I'm sorry, his servant, because mm-hmm. she was illegitimate, his servant, Mary Brennan, which okay. is very close to I was my last say. name. Um, it's basically my last name mm-hmm. with like... Mm-hmm. One letter. One letter off. One letter off. Cormac's wife. Yeah. Found out about the whole affair. Found out about Anne. And was like. She's got to go. I'm sure. No, no, no. She was like, I'm putting this public. So oh. that I can leave the crap out of my husband. Okay. So Cormac, like, his whole life is laid out. Right. This, like, torrid affair with mm-hmm. the servant. Right. And he's, like, discredited. So he mm-hmm. marries Mary. Sure. And they move to Charleston. Okay. So leaving Ireland behind, honey. Right. 
let's make a new life in the new world. Let's do it. With our daughter. Now, mm-hmm. not a lot is known about what happened. Like, I, I'm pretty sure his, her mother died and she was trying, you know, fa- the father was trying to raise Mary as best he could. Right. Or trying to raise Anne, rather. Right. Excuse me. <laughs> Mary was done being raised. Oh, she, okay. She, it was just Anne. Okay. But Anne was kind of known as this, like, firebrand okay. of, a, of a young woman. Sure. It said that she got so angry at a servant once that she stabbed them to death. Jesus. Yeah. D- don't fuck with her. No. She's like, leave me the hell alone. No. It's also said that she beat a young mm-hmm. a young man almost to death. She stabbed him, beat him up. Right. He had to go to the hospital. And everyone was like, why? And she was like, well, the dude tried to sexually assault me. So maybe he got what he was coming, yeah. what was coming to him? Maybe. Yeah, yeah, maybe. She was like, uh, don't fuck with me. Right. Right. Either way, not to be messed with. I want to know what her star sign is. I'm thinking she's like an Aries. Are Aries particularly they're feisty? Like, they're feisty, man. They're fire sign. Okay. And they're a little more like physically strong and stuff. So they gotcha. They would incur. I don't somebody. buy any of that stuff. <sighs> Do you buy anything? Games. <laughs> Pizza. <laughs> I just do, uh, no. There's no magic in your life. No, then. no, there isn't. I enjoy the zodiac. I live a soulless, dogmatic, <laughs> boring. boring. No, life. you don't live a boring <laughs> life. But like, anyway. Mm. So Anne, at 16, got married to a pirate by the name of James Bonney. Okay. And she kept his name, but she did not keep the marriage. Gotcha. He wasn't making a lot of money. And she was like, dude, we're pirates. We should be making a little more money. Okay. So in comes this young, handsome, devilish dude, another pirate by the name of Jack Rackham. That's a great pirate name. He's also known as Calico Jack. I've heard of Calico Jack. Yeah. So this is Calico Jack. They got together. Mm-hmm. It's rumored they had a child together. It's not really sure. There's not a lot of information on what happened to the child. Right. I don't think it lived. Ah. It's a little sad. Mm-hmm. But right around the time that she met Jack, she met this other pirate. Oh, my goodness. Who became her, like, partner in crime. Okay. A lady by the name of Mary Reed. Mary Reed. And it said that Calico Jack was very jealous of the relationship that they had. Oh, okay. This is basically, I want you to, like... This is the... They were the Thelma and Louise. That's what I was just thinking in my head. Of the Seven yeah. Seas. Yeah. They were just out there mm-hmm. kicking ass, mm-hmm. taking names. They were boss-ass lady pirates. Lady pirates. Go I, on. I love these two women. <laughs> like, I know that they were... We've talked about this and that, like, mm-hmm. I have an unhealthy obsession with pirates. Yeah. Yeah, you really <laughs> and, like, do. And, like, I know that they're bad guys. Yeah. Like, I know that they're doing, like, illegal stuff, but there's something but about them. But you would them. have joined up with I just, Anne and Mary. And... Oh, my God. We would have been, like, the Charlie's Angels. <laughs> like, see. Like, I would have totally. Right. Get you a tricorner hat and a cutlass. I'd make a great, I'd make a terrible pirate mm. in reality, mm. but in my head, I'd make the best pirate there ever was. There you go. Keep um, dream big. <laughs> I will. Mm. Eventually, Anne and Mary were captured, mm-hmm. imprisoned. Not really sure what happened. And it looks like she escaped. And okay. that she lived the rest of her days in Charleston until she was 80. And she died in 1782. Dang. And she loved Charleston. Mm-hmm. 
That's I, one thing I read about her. Right. Oh, that you just escaped jail. I'm going to go back home. I'm just going to be in Charleston. It's yeah. cool. Yeah. It's fine. I mean, clearly so, it was. Yeah. She's been seen in a bunch of different places around Charleston, mm-hmm. but she's most often seen at the Powder Magazine. Okay. Um, and people just say they see her in and around the building. Like, is she, like, robbing the joint or just performing general acts of swashbuckling? I think just some swagger, really. Just, okay. Just all of her boss-ass lady swagger. Mm-hmm. I'm in love with this woman. <laughs> she's fantastic. So we'll see you at the Powder Magazine looking for yeah. her. There are EM readers. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There were other ghosts mm-hmm. of, at the Potter magazine, mm-hmm. but I didn't give a shit. I was yeah. like, I'm talking about the pirate and that's yeah. it. Okay. Because I love I love a good pirate How story. How have you not done pirate for Halloween? Oh no, I have. Okay. I have. I was gonna say. I have definitely I'm, done pirate for mm-hmm. Halloween. Um I had a really un- unhealthy obsession with the film Pirates of the Caribbean. Oh god. When I was a kid mm-hmm. and I like went to the midnight showings dressed as a pirate. Mm-hmm. This is before I knew that, like, Johnny Depp, like, kind of a dick. But... Hey, you got your thing. But the first... I will say, Hmm? the first Pirates of the Caribbean Caribbean movie Hmm. holds up. That is a great Hmm. movie. It's a good, like... It's just a fun, good movie. Okay. I'm going to stand by... I didn't expect us to take this turn, everyone. I'm going to stand by Pirates of the Caribbean. Okay, you you do that. The first one. Okay. None of the rest. None of the rest. The first one. Are there like seven, eight? There are too many. There's there's quite a few. Penelope Cruz is in one. Is she? Yeah. Did she have like tax problems or something? But I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. I've I've not seen all the movies. No, me neither. I've seen the first three. I think I've seen the first three, maybe two and a half. I think I saw maybe part of the fourth, and then I was like, I don't need it. I think I gave up after a while. I mean, I was never terribly interested. I was dragged into it by spouses, partners, friends, etc. Yeah. Well. Not my scene. It's a good movie. Okay. Great soundtrack. Mm -hmm. And that's our Charleston episode. <laughs> <laughs> what do you think? How 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 did you feel about the spooky stories? I enjoyed them. I would love to go visit that Unitarian cemetery. Me too. It yeah. looks gorgeous. It does. It does. Very I like, cool. I mean, it has kind of a spooky vibe to it, with it being so overgrown and a little bit sort of ominous. I kind of like that in yeah. the daytime. Yeah. I would not go at night. I don't know that I would. I mean, I'm not a believer, but at the same time, why tempt it? No. I don't want to yeah. see a lady in white wandering around. No, I don't think I do either. I would definitely want to see a pirate. Of course you would. <laughs> I know you would. I'd be like, excuse me, Anne, <laughs> can you please sign this for it's an right. autograph? Yeah. And she's like, it's the 1700s. I don't know how to write. Right. And then you have to throw her <laughs> some of your doubloons. Exactly. <laughs> I will have those, yes. obviously. Yes. Then she'll yell, hoist the mainsail or something at you. That's all I need. Yeah. So, you've ended the episode. You've drunk your drink. Are you? I drink my drink. Yes. I would drink that drink a million times. Not in one night. I would die. But I think this is one of those recipes that would scale up really well for like a party, for like a punch. Yeah, but like mm-hmm. the rum runner. Yes, similar. We should have more pirate episodes. <laughs> <laughs> you really just want to turn this into a boat drink extravaganza. I don't know that this is a boat drink. I don't know that it is either. But it's a good. It's a really good drink. Thank you. 
You're welcome. Well, I'm glad you enjoyed it. I'm a big fan. And I'm not a gin drinker. No, you're really not. It's that elderflower liqueur. It is. It's what it is. This is that, it's that honey flavor I think you like uh-huh. very much. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I really like it. Yeah. Good. Is there anything else we want to say to wrap this up? I think we're saying goodbye to Charleston for this week and then... For this week. I think this we'll come back around to Charleston again, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. yeah. There was a lot in Charleston. It's a very haunted city. Yeah. It's considered one of the most haunted. Let's go visit it sometime. Yeah, we should. Okay. See all the like pretty pastel houses and yeah, stuff. Let's yeah, let's do it. Well, I'm in. that's this week's episode. Our intro and outro music is New Wave by Billy Neptune. You can follow us on Twitter and on Instagram. We are at Podcast Restless. Give us a shout if you have any ideas for the show or drink requests or recommendations. You can also email us at RestlessSpiritsPodcast at gmail.com. I don't think we hammer this enough. Like, we would love if you have stories about Charleston or any of the cities that we've covered or just, like, if you have personal ghost experiences, we want to hear about them. Wherever you're from, it doesn't have to be a big city. We still want to hear about it. Please do send us stories, tales, folklore, whatever you got. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Um, And be sure to tune in next week and keep an eye out on our social media for all of our hints and clues about what locale Mm -hmm. we'll be investigating next. Thank you for listening. And as always, please, please, please subscribe and review. Mm -hmm. We love you and we can't do this without you. And as always, Mm -hmm. keep Keep it it spooky. spooky.